Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journey so that they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in for another episode. I'm excited to have you here. And if you are a new listener, Thank you for stopping by to check it out and to see what we have to offer. I'm equally excited to have you tune in as well. So the way this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about seven years ago when I was in the thick of the struggle and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then. So this journal entry is from, it's a long one. um, So I'm not going to read the whole thing today. There will be a part two later down the road. Um, But this journal entry is from July 18th, 2016. And I write, It was another rough day because I felt frustrated by the girls at Walmart when Julie and Becky were visiting and with Pete when he got home. The girls were not following directions at Walmart and were glued to my sides when Julie and Becky were visiting. Once Julie and Becky left, they were independent. As I sit here in my room with the door closed, Casey is calling for me. Pete wasn't aware, but once he was, she stands there and cries for me. Pete frustrated me because I was explaining how the umbrella broke in the storm and he didn't respond to or acknowledge what I was saying. I'm tired of feeling invisible and disrespected. I want to feel like I'm valued all of the time and not when I'm needed. It is a tough situation because I want to be with my family, but I don't at the same time. I love them and want to experience life with them, but don't want to feel like I'm micromanaging everything. And so um, I was so overwhelmed as usual at this stage of life. I feel like no matter what, Um, The day went well and I was overwhelmed by something. It was just inevitable. Um, But I think the thing that really frustrated me or that made me feel so overwhelmed and frustrated was that I had these unrealistic expectations about the way the day was supposed to go. So in my mind, we were going to be out in public. My kids will listen and follow directions. We'd get into the Walmart, get what we needed and get out. And it wouldn't be an issue. And I wish I wrote why they weren't following directions. Not that really matters. Um, But was it as bad as I interpreted it to be? Probably not. Um, It just probably felt magnified because I was just living in survival mode at this point. And I was living that way because I was trying to manage everything at home, taking care of two kids on summer break with a husband who worked crazy hours and wasn't home a lot. And then when he was, he was still consumed with work and wasn't really great at compartmentalizing how to leave work at work and then be home with family. And I, in full transparency, I wasn't really good at compartmentalizing either uh, because at this point I was in the thick of trying to heal from childhood trauma and leaving my teaching career. And um, I was, stuck in that headspace. I can't even say 99.9% of the time. It was legit hundred percent of the time. I was so stuck and consumed with processing my thoughts and emotions and feelings and beliefs and all of that. Even still almost two years in, um, I just learning about the trauma. I mean, I knew the trauma was there, but having it be brought to the forefront really knocked me on my ass, full transparency, because I didn't see it coming. I didn't know that that's why I was struggling. And so when, when that all came to the forefront, I didn't know how to manage that. And I thought that I would be able to read a couple books, 
and it would be done and over with. And that would be that. And I could just move on. I didn't realize that it was going to be so consuming. And so I was trying to heal myself, but also in that same aspect, I was trying to break the cycle uh, for my kids. So that way they didn't grow up to have the same experiences that I had. And I was also trying to break this cycle for my marriage. So I didn't want my marriage to end when my girls were the same age that my parents divorced. So gosh, it's been so long now. I was either three or four when my parents separated and the divorce was finalized. So I was really young. And so I just didn't want that to also be the story for my children. So I had so much pressure on myself to heal, to make sure that the story for my children was not the story that was passed on to me and to make sure that my marriage didn't end up the way that my parents' marriage did and being present for myself, being present for my husband, being present for my children, being present for the animals, um, all of these things. It was just this absolutely crushing weight and it was more than I could bear because I was having a really hard time articulating the struggle and what I needed in that moment. Cause I didn't honestly know. I just knew I needed time to myself. But when I had that time, I really didn't, I'll say, use it productively to rest and recharge. Um, when I was home, I had to actually leave the house and then that was to get a mani-pedi or it was to go for a Reiki session. And so that was really the only time I left the house. Um, without husband and kids in tow. Um, or at this point I was done therapy, but prior to that, it was just to go to therapy. It was go to, to see the counselor. And then occasionally I would go grocery shopping without the kids, um, or I would do shop from home. So I just felt like there was a ton of stuff on my plate and <clears throat> I just felt like, come on kids. I need you to just listen to me when we're at the store to make this day less unbearable than it already is. And so it was just a really bad headspace to be in. I also, I guess, convinced myself that when my alone, so I could actually have an adult conversation without interruption. And that wasn't the case. <laughs> and so that felt overwhelming to have to manage my girls and visitors at the same time. So we went from one overwhelming situation at Walmart to another overwhelming situation to having guests over and then to another overwhelming situation that evening when um, I couldn't get time to myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, I was just in a chronic state of stress response. Um, if I wasn't in, so in this period, like retreating to my room, I was totally in the flight. response, but, um, probably during the day I was more in the fight. So, um, you know, arguing with my kids, I'm sure to, you know, follow directions, be a good listener, make good choices, go play, give us time to talk all of those things. I think too, you know, having my kids cling to me when visitors were, were over, it, it felt embarrassing. Cause I just felt like, Oh my God, why can't you go play? Why can't you just go play like the other kids? Why do you have to hang on me? And so that I think that was probably an embarrassing moment for me because then I 
I convinced myself that meant I wasn't doing something right as a mom. So I wasn't doing right something right as a mom because my kids didn't listen at the store. I wasn't doing something right as a mom because my kids wouldn't go play with other kids when we have visitors over. And then I wasn't doing something right as a mom because I just wanted time alone in my room. And I didn't want to deal with my younger daughter, who was four at the time, fussing for me. And then I felt like I must not be a good enough wife because my husband can't even step up to manage. So I can just have 10, 15, 20 minutes in my, in my room alone with no one bothering me, talking to me, looking at me, touching me, telling me they need something. So I just made it all about me and that I must've been so defective. And I don't know if you can relate to this at all or have ever had these same thoughts or these same um, beliefs or even told yourself the same story. Like there must be something wrong with me as a mom because there's some aspect of the day that isn't quite working right. And so I don't remember the umbrella. Now looking at this, I'm like, wow, that's pretty trivial, an umbrella breaking in the storm. But for me, that felt in that moment, epic. And so I think more than anything, I just wanted to be acknowledged. But I can look back and know that what was happening is that my husband would come home from work. And as soon as he, I mean, literally as soon as his feet crossed the threshold of the door, I had, I was at him like, oh my God, you're never going to believe how this day went. And then Lily and Keith said, they're there, daddy, daddy. And the dogs were barking and greeting him. And so I can't imagine how overwhelming that must've been for him to come into a door where he's just worked a stressful day and been consumed mentally at work with a lot of demands coming at him in all, all directions to coming home and then having a wife greeting him at the door and kids and animals greeting him at the door, like all vying for his attention, all wanting to tell him what is needed from him for them to make their day complete. And so um, I told myself it meant I was invisible and that um, I was being disrespected. And honestly, that wasn't the case. I'm sure he probably felt disrespected too. And so I just, in that moment, I just kept that unserving thought loop going about how um, I'm not appreciated. I'm only needed and appreciated when somebody wants something from me, not just because I'm there. Um, and so it just, and then, you know, it made me feel like I wanted to run away because I didn't put boundaries in, in place with him. So I could have said, you know, Pete, when you get home, I need you to drop your bags in the office and then come, I need you to come talk to me. Um, just give me five minutes of your time and then you can go and get changed or whatever, or I need you to put your bag down in the office, go upstairs and get changed and then come down and give me 15 minutes every time. I didn't communicate clearly what I needed from him. And so we both honestly were drinking from a fire hose, me to keep it together during the day with our kids and the animals and house. All while I having all this crazy dialogue going in my head about how unappreciated and disrespected and invalued I was. And then he was drinking from a fire hose because he was literally drowning at work all day to come home and feel like that drowning sensation was still happening because um, I didn't feel like I was able to cope enough without him. Uh, I convinced myself that I needed him. I mean, I do. I love my husband, but I convinced myself that I wasn't equipped to handle the day to day. Not the most empowering uh, belief system, if we're being honest. Um, it made me very dependent upon him. 
should have and should have been giving to myself. Uh, it allowed me to pass the blame when the day didn't go the way that I had wanted it. And so what I could have done was put better boundaries in place with the girls. Okay, girls, when we're going into the Walmart for my safety and your safety, so we are safe in the store. I need you listening to my words. I need you following directions. Happy to listen if there's something that you want or if there's something that you need. I, I want you to tell me, but if I ask you to do something, I need you to listen and then make the con the consequence to that very clear. But I didn't do that going into the Walmart. I just assumed that we were going to go in. The trip was going to be successful. No problem. We would get in, get out boop, and home we go. And so I had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of two little girls who were four and uh, seven. And then I had unrealistic expectations of myself as a mom. And so that of course is a recipe for disaster. And then I had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of my husband when he got home from work. And he probably had unrealistic expectations of me as well, you know, because I was home all day with the kids. So I'm sure there was maybe some dialogue in his head as, you know, why are there dirty dishes in the sink? Why is dinner not on the table? Why haven't the animals been fed yet? Why is the laundry not folded? You know, like if, if I'm at work doing my responsibilities and you're tasked with being home, why aren't your responsibilities done? And so, and not that he was ever, um, and still isn't like that where he's, you know, the roles are very rigid. Like he works outside of the home and I work in the home. So that means that I'm responsible for dishes, laundry, um, caring for children. He'll very much do the laundry, but that is, and help with cooking and dishes and things like that. Um, but there's been times where he hasn't wanted to, because when he's made the effort to help, I've done nothing but criticize. And so he also felt unappreciated and valued and disrespected. So it was definitely a two-way street. We didn't have uh, clear lines of communication telling the other what was needed. And so, and that was part of the problem. And so I think he didn't notice Casey calling for me because he was in his own world. He was managing his own struggles. And so he was just as overwhelmed as I was. And so we were both struggling and I felt like I have the bigger struggle here. I'm overcoming 31 years of trauma, 34 years of trauma. And so that is important work that I am doing. And I need all of the support and the guidance and the everything. I just need it all to be able to be sure that I not only heal myself, but I break the cycle for my kids and that we don't continue with generational dysfunction and generational trauma. And he probably felt like I have a wife that is not the person that I married because she has gone into a very dark place mentally and emotionally. And he probably was like, what is going on here? And where's my wife? Where's the woman that I married? And so trying to be on guard for my outbursts and my fight, flight, or freeze response, you know, that was, I'm sure, triggering for him. And so, and then also to be present for two little girls when mom couldn't be. And so he was just as much overwhelmed as I was. And so, and Casey was such a mama's girl when she was little and, and Lily was happy to have us both, but Casey was very much glued to my side. and and I had to be held. And so that also made it challenging because she's heavy 
And so I felt physically exhausted from having a child hang on my hip all day. And then I also felt mentally exhausted because I was, you know, trying to process all of these thoughts and feelings and beliefs that I was having and making decisions for our children and making decisions for our household and trying to communicate what I needed. And so there was a lot of mental exhaustion there and there was emotional exhaustion because I was basically grieving the, I'll say I was grieving what I thought was the problem um, because I didn't start this journey thinking that it was going to be about generational trauma and childhood trauma. I started thinking that I was having an identity crisis because I left my teaching career and it was going to be just that, like it was just going to be focused on my teaching career and nothing else. And little did I know that wasn't the case. So there was, so essentially I was grieving. I was grieving lots of different things and grieving the loss of my career, grieving the loss of what I thought my life was, um, grieving the fact that I didn't necessarily feel connected to my husband because we were both struggling, grieving the fact that I didn't really feel connected to my kids because I was struggling and really grieving the fact that I didn't feel connected to myself. And so there was just this big old jumbled mess of emotions, thoughts, feelings, stories. It was just a lot. And had I been more open to moving slowly and not trying to do so much in one day. And when I say moving slowly, I mean, giving myself the space to think, feel all of those things, the things that I needed to. Um, not expecting that I would get it figured out in no time at all. Um, you know, I thought I would have everything under wraps, like a month, two, three at the most, not years later, not two years later. And so there were a lot of, I'll say factors. That's a good word. There were a lot of factors that were contributing to, um, the turmoil and the tension and the isolation that I was feeling. And so um, if I had to go back and do July 18th of 2016 all over again, I would A, not do all of those things in one day. So we're either, if friends are coming over for a visit, we are not going to Walmart in the morning, just not happening. And um, making it very clear what I needed from Pete when he got home, giving him time to process his own things so that he could then be available for us and having better communication and boundaries with my kids. I am going upstairs for 15 minutes. I'm going to set the timer for you. When the timer goes off, I will come back downstairs. If you need anything before the timer goes off, then you need to ask daddy for help. Um, so as much as I was dealing with uncertainty, so were my kids. And so um, if I had just been more, I'll say intentional, with how I moved throughout the day and I and gave myself permission to ease up on myself, ease up on my husband, ease up on my expectations of my kids. Um, I think the feelings would have been vastly different. And I think I would have been able to move through the day with more ease, more compassion, more understanding and same for my husband. I think he also would have been able to be and think and do the same when he got home because it would have been more a feeling of more comfort and security there than what was um, what was actually there. 
So if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend, the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop resource for us women, because let's face it, ladies, we have got to stick together. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of One of a Kind You, and I will see you next week.